0: Check one, check two, I'm the anchor slash rapper that you never thought would happen Commentary get the cracking like pads when they start whacking Applaud like studio audience audio, it's the Rob You Sports to Show, is that so? I got what you want, the NFL miss of hip hop phone and spent sport news Give here's of blues like you back your team, you know they would lose Don't get it confused, I'm like shit calm, mixed with Uncle Scrooge, McDuck, get bucks, watch chicks cluck What? Shine like wine from water, wait grapes, RIP stew with Scott, the late grape. And welcome back to another episode of the Rob You Sports Stew Show. Week 14 of the NFL 2019 season. I'm sorry, as we go into week 15 of the NFL 2019 season. Let's start with my recap of my week 14 picks. And in week 14, I went 8-6, and six, so that was an alright record. Well, it's still not the record I would prefer or the record I'm gunning for. So hopefully this weekend, week 15, I'll be able to improve my picks and have a better record than 8-6. and But well, there were some close games in last week and there's some games that was pretty hard to pick as well. Not to mention a few upsets. One team who played better than I thought they would was the Rams against the Seahawks last week. And let's take a look back at our Thursday night matchup where the Ravens soared above the Jets. And in this game, it was all about that Ravens team playing as a unit, the offense led by Jackson, the, the defense shutting down the Jets. And let's not forget, Jackson is now said to be the front runner for the MVP award this year, which he had another game where he threw five touchdown passes, not to mention. You have to now call him Lamar Staxon. Because Lamar Jackson has reached 1,000 yards rushing as a quarterback, surpassing Michael Vick's previously held record. So hats off to Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens for another great performance, another great outing, another great showing of that unstoppable offense, solid, sturdy, stout defense, and they're getting it done. So coming down the stretch, you have to look look to see the Ravens potentially in the AFC Championship. And they're probably most likely going to have home field advantage all the way through the playoffs. So big shout out to the Ravens doing a great job. Big things out there in Baltimore. And then we have free at last for two season veterans who was recently released on Friday. We have Terrell Suggs released by the Arizona Cardinals. This was said to be a mutual agreement. Maybe Suggs thought he could latch on to another team that going to the playoffs or something. You know how they do in the NBA, like buyout season and all that. <laughs> and then there was Janoris Jenkins of the New York Giants, the talented cornerback, who had been cut after some recent language related to a fan, some disrespectful and also potentially hurtful language that was said via Twitter where he was responding to somebody's comment and his his unwillingness to apologize and make amends for this tweet which was found offensive by many people led to him being released by the Giants and I'm sure that both of these players are probably be able to latch on with new teams before the end of the season and maybe one or both of these players can find their way onto some teams who will make a playoff run who actually needed their services at their positions. So we'll see what happens with T. Sizzle and Jack Rabbit Jenkins going into the stretch of the NFL season as they've both been released and cut and one waivers, probably soon to be picked up, potentially by a contender. And in the latest AB News. AB stands for Ain't Begging. As Antonio Brown has said, he's too proud to beg. Of course, I'm paraphrasing, but Antonio Brown recently said in a long tweet, where he was venting some of his frustrations with the NFL and his inability to be signed on another team and given an opportunity to play. He said that he was not gonna beg to be letting the league, and he felt that he was wrong by some of his former teams. It's easy for Brown to say this now after everything has played out, and of course he thought when he got with the Patriots, that was going to be, you know, he'd be able to ride off into the sunset this season with them. Unfortunately, due to some of his off-field actions and sending threats and delivering threats to certain women he could potentially have legal issues with, He's basically kind of made himself unsignable for a lot of teams right now. Not to mention the way that he conducted himself when he was a, ra- a Raider and his exit with the after he left the Patriots where he said some disrespectful things, of course, to the owners. And, you know. So we'll see if Antonio Brown is given a chance perhaps next year as it seems this late in the season going into Week 15. That most of the league has already washed their hands with him. And regardless of his talent, seem unwilling to give him another opportunity right now. And speaking of the Patriots, in other Patriots news, Pat's sins. Pat's sins. And when I say Pat's sins, I don't just mean the matchup this week against the Cincinnati Bengals. Like, you know things are bad when you have to go spy on the Bengals just to make sure you beat the Bengals. Because you know if you lost to the Bengals, the outrage from the league and the upset (laughs) would be too much to fathom. So recently, the Patriots had a video staff said to be third-party outsiders who were working on a documentary called Do Your Job. And they were said to be spying on the Cincinnati Bengals press room or sideline, and this is not good for the Patriots because they have such a history of bending the rules and doing little extra things just to gain a competitive advantage and try to win, and they did more than try to win, because you had Spygate, and that was when some of the transgressions first started coming to light, and then you had Deflategate with the old def- the deflator and Brady, and was Brady asking for balls to be deflated to a certain PSI for better grip and better handling in, in bad conditions. And now we have Spygate 2.0 with the Patriots outside videographers supposedly spying on Cincinnati's team in some way, shape, or form. Of course, the Patriots have denied any knowledge of the event. However, who's to say what really happened? And then there's also the alleged rumors of Gillette Stadium's home. A team locker room being bugged and certain signals being jammed on coaches and quarterbacks' headsets and key clutch parts of the game when they're at home in Gillette Stadium. So that's just a short list of things, of course, that people have blamed and alleged the Patriots have done. Some of these things they've been found guilty for and penalized. So we'll see how the NFL and the NFLPA move forward in their punishment To the Patriots with their latest shenanigan. Now spying on the Cincinnati Bengals. Because you know if you lost to the Bengals. You will never hit the end of it. And not to mention their offense isn't in the best shape right now. As far as performance wise and potency. So maybe they were just doing their due diligence (laughs) with the Bengals. Who knows. And in other news. Two of the top matchups. This week, in my opinion, are the Houston Texans and Tennessee Titans, as well as the Buffalo Bills and the Pittsburgh Steelers. So I will do a quick preview for these two games, starting with the Houston and Tennessee matchup. And Tennessee and Houston, Tennessee is now a team that's kind of turned it around with the emergence now of Tannehill and the way he stepped into the offense and been able to produce for them. And Houston has been one of the up-and-down teams this season, despite their plethora of weapons on offense. It just seems that this team sometimes can't get in a nice rhythm and get some win streaks going. So these teams, offensively, they both average 24 points a game. And defensively, they both give up over 350 yards a game. However, the Tennessee Titans only give up 19.6 points a game where the Houston Texans give up 23.8 points a game. Also, the Tennessee Titans have a plus-five turnover differential, where the Houston Texans have a negative-one turnover differential. So when it comes to the head coach, these two head coaches, I believe, are e- are kind of evenly matched. But with the decision to give Tanny Hill a shot and take out Mariota, and the way that... The team has played with Tannehill, and Tannehill's led the team. I would have to give the Tennessee Titans head coach the nod over O'Brien with the Texans when it comes to the playbook. I think these teams are kind of evenly on the playbook because Tennessee has the balance of a solid, stout running back running game and running plays, and also now with Tannehill, they're able to air it out. So they have, so they have that that contrast, and they also have that ability to get some big chunks of yards downfield and not rely too heavily on the running game, even though their offense does run through, through Derrick Henry. So, playbook-wise, we also know that the Houston Texans, they're going to get the ball downfield as well, but I have to say, I'll give an edge, a slight edge to the Tennessee Titans because I think they have more of a big-time running game to go along with the passing game. Quarterback-wise, normally I would probably say Deshaun Watson. Well, with the way Tannehill is playing with this Houston, excuse me, this Tennessee Titans offense, I would say I would say they're even. Running back-wise, definitely have to go with the Tennessee Titans and Derrick Henry. He's just a force. He has speed. He has size, and he has strength. And one of the top running backs in the league. Wide receiver wise, you have to go with the Houston Texans, with Hopkins, with Fuller. Nice tandem of receivers, talented speed, and great hands. O line, we go with the Tennessee Titans because usually Deshaun Watson is one of the most sacked quarterbacks in the league. And as far as front seven, think Tennessee has a very underrated stout defense whereas the Texans are missing certain players up front who have been either not there from injury or no longer with the team when it comes to the defensive backfield I will probably give a slight nudge a slight nudge <laughs> rather I will probably give a slight nod to the Tennessee Titans for allowing 259 yards passing a game where the Houston Texans allow 265 yards passing. So stay tuned for my pick of this nice AFC matchup. Houston Texans versus Tennessee Titans in block two, Farrell Knicks picks. And in my other game of the week, I have the Buffalo Bills taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh able to... Got to give props to Mike Tomlin. Hats off to Mike Tomlin and that uh, Pittsburgh Steelers coaching staff and team because even without some of the key players they've had over previous years, without Big Ben, without A.B., without the running back, they're still able, Le- 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 Le'Veon Bell, they're still able to have a winning season and also a shot at making a playoff run. And it's been that Pittsburgh Steelers defense Carrying that team, especially since the signing of Micah Fitzpatrick and the the emergence of some of those young players. And now with Duck Hodges, Pittsburgh has looked like a stable team and a team with some some balance. Also, they have some speedy young receivers making a a name for themselves. And I do believe Juju Smith-Schuster will be returning this week. Then you have the Buffalo Bills, and they're one of the slept on AFC teams. I believe they only have two or three losses this year. They have a stout defense, allowing less than 300 yards a game. They're allowing 16.3 points a game. Very, very nice, very tough. And offensively, they're scoring 21 points a game, and they have a nice running back tandem as well with Gore and also the uh, rookie Singletary. So when it comes to the quarterback situation, I probably would say these teams are kind of even at quarterback because Josh Allen is just really beginning beginning to find some consistency in his game. And he's a scrambler, and he has some nice, nice passes. Whereas Duck Hodges... He just seems he seems to make the right throws. He has a nice tight spiral on the ball. And I don't think that he's asked to do too much. So I think the quarterback situation is even. And running back wise, like I said before, I would go with Gore and Singletary over the Pittsburgh Steelers backfield. When it comes to receivers, uh that's a that's that could be a toss up as well. So I'll say the two teams are even at receivers and both of these teams are averaging right around 200 yards passing the game. So their passing games are kind of even as well. When it comes to the offensive line, I probably would give the edge to the Buffalo Bills because the Buffalo Bills are able to rush for more yards and they have a, a more solid running game. They're averaging 135 yards on the ground right now, where the Pittsburgh Steelers are averaging 94 yards rushing. So I would give the offensive line edge to the Buffalo Bills. Front seven-wise, I would go with the Steelers. Even though the Buffalo Bills do have a stout front seven. Well, that's these these two front sevens are very, very close. So it's hard, it's hard to say. But I would give it. I mean, really, these two defenses are both right at 300 yards a game. So I would, I would say the, the Pittsburgh Steelers have a better front seven because they're only allowing 101 yards rushing, where the, the Bills are allowing 105 yards rushing a game. And when it comes to defensive backs, I would definitely go with the Steelers in that secondary. And when it comes to the playbook, I would probably say the Buffalo Bills. Because maybe they don't want to, maybe they don't have the full arsenal of plays with the Pittsburgh Steelers with Doug Hodges being in there as he was a third string quarterback. But this is going to, this is going to definitely, I think, be a good game. Bro. So stay tuned for my pick coming up in block two, of the Rob U Sports 2 Show. And welcome back to the Rob U Sports 2 Show. Week 15 NFL 2019 season let's take a look at some of the games one o'clock games Miami at the New York Giants and Miami will still be using Eli Manning in this game so we'll see how the. I'm sorry the New York Giants will still be using Eli Manning in this game so we'll see how the Miami defense can try to get after him but Miami has been playing some inspiring football lately and. It is for that reason I do believe that Miami Dolphins will go into New York Giants, Jet Life, Met Life Stadium, and get a win with a final score of Miami 24, New York Giants 20. Then we have the Houston versus Tennessee AFC matchup. Two AFC South opponents, both considered probably underdogs coming into their own where the Houston's been having a bumpy road, Tennessee has been finding their groove. And I believe that Tennessee will continue that groove with a final score, Tennessee 31, Houston 17. And in the Spygate game of the week, <laughs> we have the New England Patriots going to the Queen City, Cincinnati, Ohio to take on the Bengals. And with the recent spying by the New England Patriots, they have no reason to lose this game. <laughs> but you know, stranger things have happened, and this could be the the this could be the the boost and the push that the Cincinnati Bengals need as a team to say we have the New England Patriots spying on us. They must know something about us that we don't know about ourselves, and they may try to steal a win from the Patriots at home. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a good game, I believe, because I think the the Patriots do some extra gas on the fire with the whole spying on their spying on their opponent thing. Of course, they did not; they did anything wrong, of course. But you know, so in this game, I think it's gonna be very close, and I do have a surprising upset: Cincinnati Bengals 20. Over the New England Patriots, 19. So, you heard it here first, folks. And then we have Seattle Seahawks versus the Carolina Panthers. And Seattle will be looking to rebound after that game against the Rams where they took a bad loss. Carolina, meanwhile, trying to find some rhythm, trying to find some consistency. And things are beginning to change in that organization, of course. They just took a loss last week, I believe, to the Saints or something. So we'll see what happens with the Carolina Panthers this week versus Seattle. I do have Seattle winning with a final score, Seattle 30 over the Panthers 24. And then we have the Tampa Bay Bucks going to Motown, the D, to take on the Lions. And I do believe that the Buccaneers will be able to keep some offensive fireworks going, even without Mike Evans. I believe that Garwin can definitely help fill the void. He's a speedster. He's a star in his own right. And I think that they're going to have enough firepower to outscore the Detroit Lions with a final score of Tampa Bay 30, Detroit Lions 13. And we have the Denver Broncos taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. And Denver's been a surprising team now behind the play of Locke. And they always used to have a stout defense. The defense is showing some some stoutness, some ability to stop offenses. And then we have Kansas City. Pat Mahomes, of course, still doing his thing. They had a good win over the Patriots. So we have... We have the... Kansas City Chiefs coming in, and the the Kansas City Chiefs are going to be able to score. It's just a matter of whether Denver Broncos defense be able to have a few key stops on third and fourth down so they can try to shut down the Kansas City Chiefs' attack. And on the flip side, how will Locke fare against the Kansas City defense, which isn't of course the most stout and strongest defense in the league? They do have some nice players here and there. So maybe those players can make some key plays, such as Tyron Matthew. I do have the Kansas City Chiefs winning with a final score, Kansas City 27 over the Broncos 23. And we have the Philadelphia Eagles at the Washington DCs. And the Washington DCs now with the young Hoskins in, Haskins in the play. They've been having some success. And Philly recently lost their wide receiver, Alshon Jeffrey. So that's just another blow to their receiving core. And I think with us with the pound pounding ground game with the rest of the DCs, they will be able to defeat the Eagles with a final score, Washington 23, Philadelphia 20. Four o'clock games. Minnesota versus the Los Angeles Chargers. And to me, Minnesota is one of the top teams in the NFC. And I believe they'll be able to put up some points against that Charger defense with a final. Minnesota 33. Los Angeles 28. And then we have ATL at San Fran going to the Bay. And this used to be a, a real popular rivalry back in the day when they were in the same division, the NFC West. And then we have... Atlanta on a downward season, and we have San Fran having one of their best seasons in probably since the Kaepernick era. And San Fran has been able to run; they've been able to pass. They have some nice weapons. Garoppolo's been playing good. He's one of the one of the star quarterbacks of this of the season. Whereas, I think ATL may not have the pieces or the motivation right now to get this this big win on the road do have the San Fran 49ers defeating the Falcons with a final score 31 over the Falcons 20. And then we have another big game of the week. We have the Los Angeles Rams going into Jerry World to take on the Cowboys. Uh, this is going to be I believe a good game, but the reason I didn't want to preview this game cuz I honestly feel right now maybe The Rams are just going to come in there and just push the Cowboys around. And the reason I say that is because the Rams are one of those teams, I think if they can get physical with you early, they'll be able to dominate you. And I believe that the Cowboys have shown that when teams get kind of physical with them, they don't always react and respond the best way. An example of that could be when Amari Cooper had to play and face off against the New England Patriots and Stefan Gilmore was able to kinda of shut him down. And with this game, I'm pretty sure they'll probably put Ramsey on him at certain points of the game or maybe all game. But if he can get in his head early, that's really gonna hinder the, the Cowboy passing game. Then you up front, you know you you're not you may not be able to run against that stout D line. And I really believe that the Rams will be able to defeat the Cowboys with a final score, Los Angeles 30, Cowboys 26. And then the Sunday night football game, we have the Buffalo Bills at the Pittsburgh Steelers, one of the nice AFC matchups of the game of the week. And with this game, I do believe the Buffalo Bills will fall to the Pittsburgh Steelers at home. Pittsburgh will win with a final score, Pittsburgh 26, Buffalo 17. And in the week four, in the week 15 finale, we have the Indianapolis Colts at the New Orleans Saints. And the Colts' War team has had a nice start, showing a lot of promise behind Jacoby Brissett and that defense and Marlon Mack. And then they hit a little slid, a little bump on the road. Where New Orleans has been doing it all season, with Drew Brees, with Teddy Bridgewater, with Taysom Hill, with Sean Payton, with Kamara, with Latavius Murray, with Thomas, with Ginn Jr. The New Orleans Saints are one of those teams where they're just loaded with talent and weapons. And I think they're going to be able to find some holes in that Colts defense. And I do believe that the New Orleans Saints will win with a final score, New Orleans 34 indianapolis 21 and this completes another episode of the rob you sports Stu show i want to thank you for checking me out don't forget to like comment subscribe hate no i don't hate i'm gonna block you peace y'all be blessed enjoy the games